nerds and nerdettes. This is Cassie coming at you with a different intro for this week because last week I was going to do this one before the one I ended up posting because it was Thanksgiving. Um, Last week I did Planes, Trains, and Automobiles for you because it is a tradition of mine to watch Planes, Trains, and Automobiles on Thanksgiving or just before so. So I wanted to do like a special Thanksgiving episode instead. So this week you're going to hear about hear the second official podcast. It, during the podcast I rec- I recorded already. I talked about how this was the first official one and then I didn't mean to like start out negatively, but I guess I won't be starting out negatively and I have a positive sp- a lot of positive spins to go with it anyway. But I just wanted to let you guys know I did end up posting this one after my Thanksgiving episode. So you'll hear this is my first official podcast several times throughout the show, but it is not. So hopefully last week you had a great Thanksgiving and stayed safe. But here we go with our newest podcast. Hello, nerd and nerdettes. Welcome back to another episode of Nerdstalgia with your host, Cassie Toscana. And tonight's episode, we're going to talk about Once Upon a Time from ABC. Once Upon a Time used to be one of my favorite shows. Now, I never watched it when it was airing. However, I did binge it on Netflix when it was on there. And then I recently finished it again once it came to Disney+. Plus. So the first point I want to bring up is that there are some things that I really enjoyed about this show. First of all, all of season one was amazing they had the original curse you had you know the original fairy tale stories which kind of stick to their stories for the most part there are some twists and turns that are different from the disney versions of the show this is technically a disney show since it's run by abc but there are differences that are almost like grimm's brother like fairy tale situations that disney kind of softened these stories and they kind of bring some of those dark those dark issue issues I guess or dark tales part twists and turns I guess if you want to if you want something to call it I don't know what I was going for right there um they do stick with kind of those dark themes is what I was trying to say or they kind of spun these fairy tales to be kind of more on the dark side or at least the different side of these stories and for in season one they don't do that as much as they do in other seasons so season one, I really, really liked it from start to finish. There was one single plot where they're trying to bring the happy endings back to Storybrooke. Um, as I'm thinking about this, I'm like, do you guys want me to go into details about the show's like plot line? Because if you do, I can definitely do that on future episodes. But I'm going to be talking about this at least for this episode as if you already have seen once upon a time and kind of know what I'm talking about um with that being said I'm going to continue um so yeah so there are some stuff I really like like I said all of season one I love how cute Henry is Henry was adorable he comes in the first episode and he hops on a bus and gets to Boston to find his mother Emma and he knocks on her door she was not expecting this obviously and he goes hey I'm your son Henry and you need to come with me right now to Storybrooke and and I'm your son and she's like whoa so that part like gets you right away if that makes any sense that part really kind of hooks you (laughs) no pun intended um 
but yeah, so it's just like, here we go. This is a good show. That's, that's how I felt about season one. And then you meet all the other characters in Storybrooke or at least their Storybrooke names in their cursed, dark cursed self. And you find out the evil queen cursed them to a land without magic. And this is, again, like season one is pretty flawless. Like it's, the evil queen is obviously awake and she knows what's going on and she kind of has everything under control until Emma Swan gets to town and then stuff gets real. And then things start unfolding. People are kind of starting to believe and that's kind of the whole point of the show is that Emma needs to believe. Emma, if you didn't know already, Emma was born to be the savior, product of true love, yada yada. We love that fact about season one. And then long story short, she does believe and Henry, her son, gets her to gets her to do so. They break the curse. Everyone remembers who they are. Everything's happy and great season so far. And then which will what will happen next? So that's where what will happen next gets a little bit repetitive. So a lot this is the first point that I am going to come up with. They kind of go through a lot of curses or a lot of memory wipes or a lot of like, I don't know what's going on. And it's kind of like not as believable. The first curse, absolutely. Like they didn't know what was going on. Like their memories have been lost. They don't remember their fairy tale characters. Yada, yada, yada. Great plot line. Where do we go from here? Um... We get to know more of the background of why Emma's the savior or where she came from and how she was abandoned and how she went through her life in the foster system and how that wasn't so great for her. And I do like all of that background information and how Emma is still holding this like resentment towards Snow and Charming because they abandoned her essentially. Um, So that part I do like the part I don't like about the show now that I've watched it for a third time and kind of just like was like "Eh, it's fine it's a new curse a new story whatever is that the same things keep happening to these people over and over and over again and the only person that thinks that everything is going to be okay is Snow White which makes sense Snow White is supposed to be optimistic Snow White is supposed to be you know like brave and they take that even a step further where she's good in the outdoors in the show and she is good with a bow and arrow and she's wanting to help people and she even like has like sympathy I want to say or like she feels like there's good in everyone even the evil queen which is Regina in the show and we, I do love the optimism. I do like Jennifer Goodwin, who does play Snow White slash Mary Margaret. However, that stint got kind of old towards maybe like season three and a half. Where season one, all 22, 21 episodes are all about breaking that curse. And then season two and beyond is where there's like split storylines in each of the seasons there's like two storylines in each season so about 10 or 12 episodes or so we'll talk about one situation and then they'll move on to the next situation so there's a million different things going on and that's the problem I have with all the situations and 
curse after curse and spell after spell that they get themselves into, which I get like that's how the story continues and that's how they get all these twists and turns but kind of like after like the first curse or two enough is enough they need something new something fresh and i get how each curse is different but they're also kind of the same they also kind of like they all kind of have something to do with forgetting who they are or forgetting that they're nice people at one point i think there was a curse that made them resent each other and eventually that would make them i think it's the curse of shattered sight or something like that it's the one that in the anna and elsa situation in the snow queen and she and she talks about like you all will start resenting each other and then eventually killing each other and i'm like huh that was a plot point that that i'll get into in a second that i was just not about um but i did kind of enjoy the frozen aspect of it but how the snow queen story tied into it was just kind of bizarre to me so anyway going back to how all these curses keep getting broken and then a new curse is immediately follows i get it and they kind of like break the fourth wall in that sense and they talk about how like I don't think we get to ever live a normal life where we just, you know, go to work, like see our kids off to school, like do like watch Netflix. They even brought that up and like there's a scene where they just fought this bad guy and Emma says to Hook, like, you want to go home and watch something on Netflix? Like they don't have any sense of normalcy. And they do break that fourth wall and be like, when do we ever get a break? And as an audience member, I'm like, yeah, like, when do we get to see, like, I know the point of the show, again, is to incorporate as many fairy tale stories in one show as possible in a span of six-ish seasons. Say ish, because again, I'll talk about why I refuse to watch season seven. But anywho, that was one point I had to get across was that there's just so many curses and I don't understand why they feel so hopeless when they know that they're going to find a way to break it. (laughs) It just doesn't make sense to me. So my point number two, and this is one of the bigger ones that I have an issue with, is Belle and Rumpelstiltskin. So Belle would have been, in my theory, like an amazing character. She's strong. She's independent. She's smart. She loves to read just like the cartoon version, just like Emma Watson's version in the live action Disney movie. Like all of the things that make Belle happen in Once Upon a Time as well. However, when it comes to her relationship with Rumpelstiltskin, that's where it all goes downhill. Rumpelstiltskin A is like 40 years older than her. Like like as normal humans as the actors in the show they're a lot like he's a lot older than she is so that's weird in itself and as the story goes he's hundreds of years older than her which is fine because there's all all the characters in the book are essentially they were frozen in time and they aren't the right age they should be and that's another thing like you can kind of forgive in some instances instances but in this one i i literally can't it's it bugs me and she continue continues to go back to him even though he will always choose his power over her and then she finds he finds a way to be like oh i'm so sorry like uh you're more important to me but then 10 seconds later he does something like example like he 
gives her his Dark One dagger, at least what she thinks is the real Dark One dagger, and he makes a fake one and gives her the fake one, and he has the real one, so he has all the control over his powers because the dagger, um, if you guys watch the show, you know that the dagger controls the Dark One. And he, in the entire series, is trying to be in control of his own evilness, I guess, or own dark one, the darkness, I guess. And that the, a lot of the show deals with him trying to deal with that. And then Belle is like, oh, but there's so much good in you. And I'm like, no, he's the dark one. He's been the dark one for literally hundreds of years. He literally gave up his son for his power. Obviously, like, he does regret that, and I do see that in him, and that is the part of good that maybe Belle is talking about that there is in him, but then he just keeps, like, picking, like I said, his power over her, and I'm like, that is not okay, and then at the end, they end up, like, dancing together to, like, a, like, a tale as old as time, like, without lyrics, and they do that several times throughout the show, and I'm like, why... Are they making him like comparing like him to like the like the beast from like the cartoon? I'm like it just doesn't work. And though everything about Rumple and Belle just I can't. And the fact that she goes back to him, I'm like, girl, no, what are you doing? Like I had so much faith for you. And at this point, I just think you're annoying because you keep repeating yourself and then doing nothing about it. So that's what I pretty much have to say about Rumple and Belle, and it kind of bugs me. So up until this last time, which was my third time watching the show all the way through, and when I say all the way through, I mean up to season six, because I like to pretend that season seven never happened, but we'll get into that later. Um, I genuinely enjoyed the show. I still genuinely, on this third time watching it, loved the show. There were, however, a lot of points in the show that were a little bit flawed. Now, I really didn't want to start this podcast in its very first official episode being kind of on the negative side but I'm gonna go for it because I do have a lot of thoughts because I feel like there was a big fandom for this show and then as the seasons went on you're like okay they're going through another curse okay they have another bad guy okay they can't solve this problem and the same things kind of started happening over and over but another reason why I wanted to you know talk about this show first as one of the first episodes is because I just finished watching it and it's fresh in my mind and these are kind of the reasons why I probably won't watch it for a fourth time um I do like to watch shows I kind of talked about that in my intro podcast last week I do like to binge shows over and over and over again that's why I just love the nostalgia um Like I said, during this pandemic, it's been a good time to get into these shows again. But this was one that, not that I was bored with it because I didn't remember a lot of the stuff. So I was like, oh yeah, this does happen. But there was stuff that I kind of, as I'm older now, after I've watched it, I watched it in my early 20s and I'm in my later 20s now, that I'm like, huh? So today I'm just going to talk about all those moments that kind of made me go like, wait, what? So that's what I'm going to be talking about tonight. So going back to the whole Snow Queen, Anna, and Elsa situation, I thought the whole plot line was bizarre. 
Um, I do enjoy Frozen, so I did really like like the actual part about Frozen. I like the part, and we get more of explanation to their parents like shipwreck in Frozen 2, but this was before Frozen 2, so I do like those theories and like how they were setting up for Kristoff and Anna's wedding and and them being better sisters to each other and stuff. I did enjoy that part of it. However, like the fact that Anna's Anna and Elsa's mother like lied about having sisters and her having magical powers and then for this magical ice magic lady to live in the real world and then somehow be emma's step or not stepmother um foster mom at one point was bizarre i'm like and then to erase elsa and emma's memories of her because she was not a good person and then she's like oh i will make them think i'm a good person by taking away their memories of me and then trying to take over storybrook and make them be the only people in the universe that care about me (laughs) and have everyone else hate each other and kill each other that literally made no sense like she wanted to replace elsa and emma as her sisters because her real sisters well a they're both dead and b like they didn't accept her if you could see me i did air if you could see me i did air quotes but like they accepted her, but they just, in the moment, like, there's a couple scenes where they kind of reacted poorly, maybe, but they always accepted her. So, that was very confusing. So, this was a plot point that I was like, huh? But it just felt a little, f- like, filler and a way to, like, throw Frozen in the mix because, like, Frozen is so popular and it like that's right when Frozen was a huge deal and it's still a big deal. So the Frozen plot, like the actual stuff that actually like was a part of the f- actual Frozen story, Anna, Elsa, Kristoff, like that actual like canon story made like I liked. However, like the Snow Queen business and literally after watching this, I'm like, you know what? This really doesn't make sense. I realize that this podcast is sounding very negative, but I do want to talk about the stuff I do like eventually. Bear with me. We will get there. But the next plot point I want to talk about is the fact that Captain Hook made the mistake when he didn't know Emma, didn't know the Charmings, didn't know anybody, hadn't come to Storybrooke, spent all this time in Neverland. He was a ruthless pirate. We get that. He did some terrible things back in the day, but yet forgets to mention, and we don't mention this till almost season six, the end of season six, uh, in my opinion, basically the end of the series, to mention that he killed Charming's dad, that he killed James's father. That bugged me. It didn't bug me so much that he did it. It's the fact that he realized he did it he told them about it and then they got over it pretty quickly like it obviously bugged me that he that they made that a thing but also he was a ruthless pirate i get that but the fact that emma was mad about it for uh like half an episode <laughs> and she even broke off like her engagement with him like she broke it off gave the ring back blah 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 but the f- the more so fact is that 
James didn't, he got mad, but when Hook was away for a while, he was mad while he was away, but when Hook came to finally face him when he got off of the Nautilus and was able to get back to Emma, like, he was like, oh, dude, it's fine. It's like they squeezed this plot in last second because they needed, like, some way to possibly like have some tension between Emma and Hook and they're like oh yeah let's make it so he killed James's father and it's like you just squeeze that in there out of nowhere and didn't have time to really have any like argument about it or any time for anyone to be upset about it except for Emma for like literally half an episode like it just it, it didn't make sense to put that plot point so far into the series almost ending like that literally bugs me like I'm like why would they do this and I think the first time I watched it I'm like this doesn't make sense so yeah so now I've pretty much covered like all the negative stuff I have to say I think I may add some clips later to the end of the podcast if I think of something else this is my very first episode of the podcast officially anyway and it's very scatterbrained. I apologize for that. But let's go on to some some of the reasons why I loved the show. So. I knew I would forget something. So I remembered another flaw I saw. So initially, I loved the musical episode. Still really enjoy the music from the musical episode. The musical episode felt very filler watching this time around. And maybe it's because I'm finding that some episodes of some shows are more filler-like. Because I've been listening to podcasts about different shows and them pointing it out. And I'm like, you know what? You're right. So this felt, felt very filler to me. And the plot literally didn't make any sense. Why would everyone just randomly be bursting out into song? Because someone made a wish. I know it's a fairy tale. I know that sounds super negative. But... I don't get it. And how would a song defeat a villain? It literally makes no sense. It, it, especially a villain like the Black Fairy. I talked about earlier how about amazing she was and how she wasn't easily defeated. Well, she felt pretty bad about that song. And she's like, I'll get you next time. My curse is still coming and blah, blah, blah. And then she leaves. I'm like, okay, you, you were destroyed by a song? Like, ultimately, that's not what gets her, but, like, still. It literally made no sense. However, I do like some of the songs. Not all of them. Some of them were kind of dumb. Like, didn't like the Evil Queen song. Regina's song was kind of weird. Um, she's, like, talking about, like, love doesn't stand a chance. And it's kind of... I liked it at first, but, like, it gets annoying to listen to when you're just... Li I don't know how to explain it. I do love There's a Powerful Magic... What um, Charming and Snow sang. Um, I loved it. Uh, very musical theatery, which I love musicals. So I get why at first I loved this, obviously. But like, like Emma, the whole angle about like Emma wanting to sing in a talent show, huh? Like we never, never like, like knew that she wanted to be a singer or like was that like why wasn't this mentioned earlier? Like, that literally made no sense to randomly put this in this third to last episode of, like, the big finale thing. I call it the finale of the series because, like I said, season seven, there's no point. Um, 
like why was this a thing and why did they make that an angle like all the foster kids made fun of her for because she wanted to sing in a talent show and then they never bring it up again and then she Henry hears like the recording of her when it when she's a little kid I'm like where did that come from did she have that in the sheriff's office the whole time I'm confused that the whole singing situation was just looking back on it was just very confusing even though the the music was genuinely good there was only one or two songs that I'm like huh but like I love the happy beginning at the end of Emma and Hook's wedding that was that that episode should have been the last episode or at least that number should have been the last one because they're like a happy beginning and they're like villains cast their curses we can like overcome them all like those are some of the lyrics <laughs> and I'm like yeah that should have been the wrap up but no the like next thing we know they're like oh we can beat this curse and I'm like again but even though it is the black fairy's curse and it, it except for the first one this is definitely the best one but the whole oh the other song is revenge is gonna be mine which is Killian's song and it, it's just upbeat. I don't know. It's just like revenge, revenge, revenge is gonna be mine. And talking about like getting Rumple for killing Mila um, and killing his love and taking off his hand and getting revenge on Rumplestiltskin. So, which was really fun to hear him sing. And he's a pretty decent singer and I really liked it. But yeah, so that is pretty much it for all of my like flaws I saw in the show or the ha. Huh? moments um but yeah so another thing that i forgot to mention is the whole fact that when emma turned hook into the dark one along with her how even with a memory wipe situation how did he not know like wouldn't or at least figured it out sooner like how did he like not know wouldn't he like how Emma was seeing old Rumpelstiltskin like in as a, like a vision like how did he not see him or how did he not hear all the dark ones from the dagger the pull of the dagger like Emma was how did he not know that was another thing that really bugged me it didn't really bug me that he that she did that to him but and I kind of liked the plot line it was kind of an interesting twist yeah, I don't know. It was just, it was bizarre. So my number one reason actually comes in at season six. And my favorite villain of the show is the Black Fairy. I wish she was in the show from the beginning. She was literally the perfect villain. She It ended up that she was Rumpelstiltskin's mother who turned herself into a fairy so that she could protect her son and sever like their ties there's like these clipper things i really don't this is another beef i guess really don't know if these make sense you can literally like cut this tie to your like destiny and like they're like magical shears that like can change your fate <laughs> i guess i don't know how to explain it um if someone I may start a Facebook group or something for this podcast. If someone could explain that to me or have a better way to explain it than I am about these shears. But she basically was trying to, he was meant to be the savior and she made it so 
he would be basically have a dark soul, hence why he becomes the dark one and how everything kind of falls apart from there. So basically she was just super selfish and then she becomes this evil fairy who takes children from their mothers right when they're born. Which, like, hear me out. She is my favorite villain because she never backs down. She isn't, like, don't get me wrong, I love Regina. Um, I do like her being good for the most part. I kind of liked her evil queen side as well. But even her evil queen side turns good at the end. I just love a good villain who stays a villain throughout the entire series or movie or whatever. A lot of newer-ish Disney movies and shows have the villain turning good. And we can talk about that when we get to those uh, specific incidences. Like, for instance, in... um, Descendants 3, the mean, queen of mean, I guess is what she is, the villain. Why do I keep saying the mean person or the bad guy? I mean, the villain is Audrey, who was supposed to marry Ben instead of Mal. And she is essentially jealous, but she turns into this great villain. And she honestly has, I think, the same with Fiona, which is the name of her, the real name of the Black Fairy. She has, like, the most fabulous, like, makeup. Like, both of these characters. And maybe that's where I'm headed with why they're my favorite villains. Like, I love Audrey as being the Queen of Mean or whatever she calls herself. And being the villain of Descendants 3 and going back to Once Upon a Time. I loved how Fiona never backed down and she was destroyed. And there wasn't any remorse for her, like... I don't know. I just, I really liked, I can't explain why I just liked her. I, and she creates like the last curse of the show, which is probably besides the first one, probably the best curse. Like half the people in Storybrooke go back to the Enchanted Forest and their land is literally disappearing. And like, if Emma doesn't believe all the realms will be, will disappear and all that will be left is the real the real world essentially and this is so like genius i think not only is fiona a fabulous looking like person and she's just like maniacal and like like someone will try to defeat her and she'll pretend like it bugs her and she'll be like ah and then she'll be like "Ah, you thought and it's just oof i think she's fabulous i don't know how to explain it I thought I would have liked to see her a lot more in the show and kind of ruining everything throughout the show instead of maybe have one villain throughout the entire show and that it would have been her. Or maybe her and I also liked Mr. Hyde because they throw in a little Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. I actually did. It was kind of bizarre in a sense, but I did kind of kind of like that idea of especially when it gets comes to like Regina like separating the evil queen side of herself that was kind of bizarre but like it kind of points out that maybe people have a dark side as well and you can't always get rid of it which it proves in the show like the evil queen really can't be stopped same with dr jekyll and mr hyde mr mr hyde is a fantastic villain he's kind of like a a frankenstein muscular and like has he doesn't really have any magical properties but he's like can't be stopped and you have to stop him with magic and he can't die because he's not technically human 
unless you killed Dr. Jekyll, which they kind of get into when we figure out, like, Regina can't technically get rid of the evil queen part of herself without also killing herself or being killed by someone else. But, yeah, it just kind of goes into, like, people have dark sides and it's okay. And, like, as long as you don't give in to your dark side, then you'll be alright. And people are both have good and evil sides to them sometimes and we because we all have those thoughts like I don't know I consider myself a good person and I consider most people good people I just see the good in people and that's how I kind of relate to Snow White and because she always sees the good even when they seem evil and that was a good point so that is another point that I wanted to make about the show and why it initially I found it to be so good and I'm kind of wrapping up because, again, I think I've been talking for a million years. I feel like this show did have more ups than downs. There was just a few things I wanted to point out. So um, before you listen to this one, know that this one is not all negative. I did enjoy the show. I do like happy endings. I do like Emma and Hook are the best thing about the show. Uh, there were some pretty good villains. When Zelina was a villain, that was fantastic. I do like the part where they're going down to the underworld and dealing with Hades. Hades was a pretty spectacular villain. He did have his weakness, which was um, which was Zelina and being in love with her. But yet again, just like Rumpelstiltskin, he chose his evil and his power over her. And ultimately that broke Selena's heart. And she chose her sister over her love interest, which was fine because Regina was trying to be good and Hades was trying to still destroy the world, even though, and that was kind of, kind of manipulative of him because he said, oh, I'll get you back to Earth and back to Storybrooke. And then all, like all along he had this plan to still be like him and Zelina against the world. So that was another villain I enjoyed. So again, another positive thing about the show, Captain Hook, literally Killian Jones. Oof. So adorable, so beautiful. I can't handle him. He, I love him. I love his accent. I love how he calls everybody love. I love, like, oof. I can't. I can't even. Uh, that's all I gotta say. Uh, he's literally the best part about the show. Yeah, like I said, he was a ruthless pirate, but he's a changed man, and he truly is a changed man. Unlike fake Rumple over there being like, oh, I'm a changed man, and then next thing you know. I'm the dark one again. Like, no, Hook is completely changed. That's why I know earlier I said I didn't really like the fact that he killed James's father, but he did want to come clean about it. So he essentially he is a good guy. Like he is trying to learn, trying to change. And I did like him. And that's why he was my favorite character. But anyway, so that is basically kind of my thoughts on Once Upon a Time. I hope you guys enjoyed listening to it. I did enjoy recording it. Um, and genuinely, I did enjoy the show. I did not watch season seven because most, of, I did forget to mention this, most of the main cast was not going to be in the show. I did watch the first episode and was like, this is a whole new story. Why did this even have to be a thing? And that's pretty much all I have to say. Nothing really negative. I have nothing negative to say about season seven because I didn't watch it. So how can I say something 
like prejudge something essentially. So the only reason why I'm hating on season seven is because I didn't think it needed to happen because season six wrapped up beautifully. Hook and Emma got married. Uh, everyone had their happy endings again. They went on with their lives like they always wanted to do. And yeah, it was great. And the storybook ended and that was that. And Emma believed and saved the day. And I don't know. It was just a fantastic ending to oh, what I considered before a fantastic show. Still believe in it. Still one of my stands. But yeah, they had a lot of stuff wrong with it. And I think I'm over it just a tad. But anyway, hope you guys enjoy listening to the show. And we'll see you guys next time. Bye.